The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Life can be really difficult, but at the same time, if you hate what you're feeling and you're ashamed of it and you're trying to push it away and trying to push it down, you get tighter and tighter and tighter until you explode. It actually does not work. And so, again, it's like an experiment and pay attention. Pay attention to your actual experience. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnett, and this week we're talking with podcaster, writer, and longtime meditation instructor, Sharon Salzberg, author of the new book, Real Life, The Journey from Isolation to Openness and Freedom. Yesterday, we talked about happiness and how it's not always where we think it is, but at least we know we want it, right? Happiness is one of those emotional states we'll exert effort to achieve. But what about those other ones? Things like grief, loneliness, fear, When we experience those difficult feelings, Sharon says, we might try not rejecting them, but attending to them in a particular way. Loving presence transforms our relationship to painful emotions. Kate Braystrup serves as a chaplain to search and rescue workers in Maine. She recounts being called out to sit with the parents of a missing six-year-old child, later found alive after many hours lost in the woods. The little girl's mother said to her, It's so cool that the warden service has a chaplain to keep us from freaking out. Braystrup responded, I'm not really here to keep you from freaking out. I'm here to be with you while you freak out. Braystrup knows that as a chaplain, it's not her job to take people's suffering away. Instead, she says, I am there if they want to grieve or laugh or suffer or sing. It is a ministry of presence. It is showing up with a loving heart. Many healing modalities, such as mindfulness meditation, are designed to help us cultivate a ministry of presence for ourselves, a space of forgiveness, compassion, and openness in the face of our own inner pain. This can be summed up as love. I most often think of love as a visceral, embodied knowing of connection with ourselves, with another, with life. Instead of demanding that a painful emotion disappear or becoming all consumed by it, we begin to relate to our experience, whatever it is, with spaciousness infused with kindness. We begin to relate to ourselves with love, whatever we are going through. While we can't control life, we begin to affect change by profoundly transforming the space the pain we feel is held within. I do love that phrase, a ministry of presence. Yeah, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, so tell me more about how that works. I mean, the way I'm thinking about it is we have difficult emotions, anger, regret, envy. That's always gonna happen. We're never gonna not have those emotions. But there's a huge difference in the impact those emotions have if we learn how to be present for them in this particular way, this ministry of presence, you said. For ourselves, I think is where you're starting with this, but obviously, you know, in the example of the chaplain working with search and rescue workers, she's able to have that loving presence for other people's difficult moments. 
how do you think about this, especially maybe on that point of having it for yourself and for other people? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in a way, it encapsulates much of what we've been talking about. Instead of freaking out like, oh my God, you know, I'm angry right. again. Or being so ashamed, like I can't believe I'm meditating for 50 years and I'm still <laughs> angry or Lucy's still appearing or, you know. Right. Lucy, Lucy, which is your name for your inner That's critic. That's right. Exactly. Lucy's my seemingly sweet inner critic. It might feel correct to just heap abuse upon ourselves for what we're yeah. feeling or what's arising, but it's not going to serve anybody in the end. And the quote I use in, in my book is something which was told to me that the brain filled with shame cannot learn. Hmm. You know, it's so tight, it's so contracted, it's so miserable a state yeah. that it's not going to be onward leading. And that's the whole point. It's like, how can we learn? How can we change? How can we open? You know, you're talking about this tendency to reprimand and, you know, there's this inner mm-hmm. critic. And I think you see in some people, and maybe to all of us to varying degrees, that can be quite intense. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has to do with how we were parented ourselves. We think this is this is how you need to correct bad behavior or correct mistakes. You need to kind mm-hmm. of be stern, you know, and that's not necessarily without its own wisdom. I mean, I think there's the other error you could make in parenting of being just accepting of everything, even mm-hmm. bad behavior. And maybe there is some middle ground you need to find where you can with a child or with yourself say like, you know, I love you. <laughs> it's okay that this happened, but let's see if we can do better. Let's, let's. Uh, oh yeah. Y- yeah. So how, how do you find that, that line where you, you can push yourself, not let yourself off the hook, but, but also not turn hateful towards yourself? Well, I mean, I think one of the, the main gaps we're looking for is between what we feel and how we act because actions are consequential. And I'm sure as a parent, one is working a lot in that realm, you know, like I see you're angry. It's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to punch me, you know? Right, right. And and that's very important. Actions are consequential. And to be talking about this kind of loving environment, more forgiving environment is not to overlook that fact. Right. Because that is real life, you know, but actions are consequential and there's going to be a price to be paid. And so the development of that kind of inner environment of more acceptance, more kindness toward oneself, if anything, should help us change behavior, you know, because when we get really uptight and really judgmental, it's so toxic that sometimes it makes things worse. Often it makes things worse. It's like one of my favorite definitions of mindfulness came from reading uh, long ago an article in the New York Times about one of the very early pilot programs bringing mindfulness into the classroom. That was a fourth grade classroom in Oakland, California. So fourth grade, the kids are like nine or 10 years old. And the journalist asked one of the kids, what is mindfulness? And the kid responded by saying, mindfulness means not hitting someone in the mouth. That's what (laughs) mindfulness means. And I thought, that's a great definition. (laughs) Because what does it imply? It implies you know you're feeling angry when you're starting to feel angry. Not after you've sent the email. You know, not after you've lashed out your kid or your colleague. But as it's building, because you're that in touch. It also implies a certain balanced relationship to the anger. Because if you get consumed by it and overwhelmed by it, all these changing emotions you're likely to hit a lot of people in the mouth because life can be really difficult 
But at the same time, if you hate what you're feeling and you're ashamed of it and you're trying to push it away and trying to push it down, you get tighter and tighter and tighter until you explode. It actually does not work. And so, again, it's like an experiment and pay attention. Pay attention to your actual experience. When you have very consciously brought in that more compassionate atmosphere around this difficult truth, you know, that you're furious or or whatever, and see what happens from that. So I hope you're enjoying these conversations with Sharon Salzberg. And if you are, leave us a rating and review in your podcast player, which will help others find the show. And use the link in the show notes to sign up for our newsletter. And then we'll send you a once a week summary of the episodes. So you'll have all these useful ideas right in your inbox. Join us tomorrow when Sharon will tell us how, in addition to paying more attention to our existing emotions, we can actually cultivate positive states of mind. See you then.